0: Now, we're going to turn to the Word of God for our Scripture reading, and we're turning to the book of the Acts, and the chapter 26. And even there in the car, uh, we encourage you to take up your Bible and to turn with us in the Word of God to the book of Acts, the chapter 26, and moving down that chapter to commence our reading at the 22nd verse. And here reading God's Word, uh, the Apostle Paul is coming before King Agrippa, and he's coming to give his defense before the king. And as he speaks before the king, Acts chapter 26, the verse 22, he says, "'Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue on to this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things,' than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. That Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor, and Bernice, and they that sat with them, and when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man doeth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. Amen. We'll end our Bible reading at the end of chapter 26, and we trust that the Lord Himself will add His own blessing to this public reading from His own precious and infallible Word to God's precious Word. We've been reading tonight from the book of Acts and the chapter 26. And if you're looking at that portion of Scripture with me, let us just unite our hearts together in prayer, and we pray that the Lord will speak to us tonight through His own precious and infallible Word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, And our eternal God, we do praise thee for the scriptures of truth. And we thank thee that we can say with the words of the apostle that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we thank thee, our Father, that thy word is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that even tonight, as the word would go forth, that it might know the blessing of the Lord to be upon it. So for this short time, O God, give us that spirit of wisdom, that spirit of understanding, and give us grace to exalt and to magnify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his great name. Amen. How important it is to hear God's word. There is much guidance given in the scriptures as to how we should hear that word. For example, in that little epistle of James, James says, Be swift to hear. Be swift to hear. In the gospel of Mark, he would say, Take heed what ye hear. In Luke's gospel, he would say, Take heed. How ye hear. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and also in the book of the Revelation, you would read those words, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so how important it is to hear the word of God. There is that responsibility upon every child of God to spread the word so that others can hear The Word of God. When Paul wrote to the Romans, he said in Romans 10 and 14, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? And so we come tonight to proclaim the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come tonight to preach God's precious word and how important it is that you would hear that word this evening. But what will be your response to the word of God? The Apostle Paul in the passage before us has been faithful to his calling. And as he is before King Agrippa, he brings before him the message of the gospel. And he testifies of the grace of God in his own life. And he gives that word of personal testimony as to how the Lord had saved him. And how the Lord intervened in his life at that moment on the Damascus road. He speaks about the power of God in the gospel. There in verse 18 of this chapter, he shows something of the part of the gospel to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Notice as Paul witnesses, he emphasizes there the need For the forgiveness of sins. And in verse 20 he speaks about repentance. A turning from sin to God. What he refers to as works meet for repentance. The message of Paul will focus upon the Savior. You notice in verse 23 he says that Christ should suffer. And that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ as he hung there upon that center tree. And the Apostle Paul wants to be faithful as he outlines the gospel before King Agrippa. But as the Apostle Paul would speak forth that word of truth, we can see in the passage that we've read That there are at least three different responses to the gospel message. Those three different responses to the gospel message would actually bring before us three different categories of individuals. And even tonight, as we seek to preach the gospel, we wonder will those three categories of individuals be found here in Hillsborough? at the drive-in gospel meeting. And so there are three individuals in the passage that I want to draw to your attention, and each one of them showing to us that different response in the gospel. The first individual is a man by the name of Festus, and Festus was the Roman governor. And we say of Festus in relation to the gospel He was above persuasion, a man who was above persuasion. My, whenever we come to minister God's word and to preach the gospel, as the apostle said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but there are some who are above persuasion. And here we have Festus giving us an example of those in that particular category. Here in verse 24 of our Bible reading, it says, And as he thus spake for himself. That's the apostle Paul. That's the apostle as he's preaching the gospel there before King Agrippa. But verse 24 goes on to tell us that Festus interjects, And Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. And there a careful reading of that verse 24 would show to us that Festus comes with an interruption to the apostle Paul. Even as he's giving that word of testimony and as he's preaching the gospel before King Agrippa, Festus interrupts him. And Festus, while he recognizes the learning of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle was a man of great learning. He was a man who was busy in the books. But Festus comes to the conclusion, Paul Thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. And here Festus is interrupting with a loud voice, verse 24 says. The word there is mega. It's megaphone diplomacy as he interrupts the apostle in his witness for the Lord. Here's a man who's shouting down the apostle and he's not shouting out uh, the word hallelujah. He's not shouting out praise the Lord. It's a loud voice of opposition. And he's saying to the apostle Paul, Thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. Using words in reference to the apostle Paul that would indicate he felt the apostle had lost control of his senses, one who was not in his right mind. Here we can see that opposition to the gospel. Festus is saying concerning the apostle Paul and the message of the gospel, You're not wise, Paul. You're beside yourself. Much learning doth make thee mad. Though we can see that Festus is one who is above persuasion. Perhaps tonight if you were at the gospel meeting and you got saved and you asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and you go home, there might even be one within your immediate family circle and they would say to you, You're not wise. You're mad tonight. Oh, professing salvation coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and accepting Him. That's how the world views it tonight. Even as we gather here in the open air, out in the car park of our church, at our drive-in gospel service, there could be those driving past up the road, and they think tonight we're not wise. We're beside ourselves. Much learning doth make thee mad the word that was used of Rhoda in Acts chapter 12 when the church was meeting to pray for the apostle Peter who was in prison and whenever the Lord in answer to prayer miraculously delivered him out of the prison and he turned up at the door of the house in which they had gathered to pray and Rhoda went to those praying and said Peter's at the door what did they say to Rhoda thou art mad thou art mad The Lord Jesus Christ when he was upon this earth and he spoke about laying down his life and taking it again there were some concluded he hath a devil and is mad. Mad. Mad to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Festus thought. Festus is a man of no religion. To him all this talk of religion is silly talk. And he treats the message of the gospel and the Apostle Paul with utter contempt. As far as he is concerned, all religion is false. And it's not worthy of consideration. In the previous chapter to our Bible reading, chapter 25, it was Festus as the Roman governor who was introducing the Apostle Paul's case to King Agrippa. And as he briefly outlines the case of the apostle Paul to Agrippa, he said in chapter 25 and the verse 19 that he had certain questions against him of their own superstition and of one Jesus which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. As you think of what Festus said there to King Agrippa, as he briefs him, he describes the Religion, whether it be of Judaism or of Christianity, he just describes it all as superstition. To Festus it's superstitious nonsense. His attitude to the Savior. He refers to the Lord as just one Jesus, who's dead? But Paul claims he's alive. You see the contempt that he had for the Lord Jesus Christ, there was no reverence. There was no conception at all of who the Lord really was. His ignorance of the gospel. Here's Festus, and he's a man who is above persuasion. And we say tonight in society, there are many today like Festus, and they live their lives without any consideration of the gospel. They live their lives without ever opening up the word of God. And to them, those who have embraced Christ and profess to be Christians, they're mad. Those individuals who the times when they're found in a place of worship is either at a wedding or a funeral. And gross ignorance prevails. They live as if they had no soul. And they're above persuasion. I hope tonight in this gospel drive-in service that we have none who would fit into that category, that no matter what we say tonight, they're above persuasion. But there's another man in the passage of Scripture that we have read, and that's King Agrippa himself. And we know that he was a man who was almost persuaded Agrippa was a different type of man to Festus. Oh, Agrippa had a religious background. And as the apostle Paul witnessed to him and spoke about Moses and the prophets and what they prophesied concerning Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ suffering and bleeding and dying and rising again and that message going abroad to all peoples and to the Gentiles, The Apostle Paul would come to directly and personally challenge the king. He said to him there, in that 26th verse, For the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that these things are not hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? And he asked the king, do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the prophets? I believe at that point there was something of an awkward silence. And it was the apostle Paul who broke that silence. And he answered the question for King Agrippa. He had asked him, believest thou the prophets? And the apostle Paul said to him, I know that thou believest. He could read the heart of King Agrippa. He knew that he believed that the word that Paul was bringing was truth. Then King Agrippa, in that 28th verse, he will reply to the apostle Paul. And he said to him in verse 28, Almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Here's a man who was almost persuaded. Oh, he didn't come like Festus to oppose the Apostle Paul. He didn't treat him with contempt and he didn't treat the message with contempt. Rather, we see a man here who, within his heart, was under conviction and he knew in his heart that what the Apostle was preaching was the truth. There were no words of condemnation, there were no shouts of opposition. There were no criticisms of the Apostle Paul's message. He didn't call him a fool. Didn't say he was mad. Didn't question his sanity. He was under conviction. And he said, almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And I wonder tonight, are there those in that category represented by King Agrippa and you hear the gospel preached on a regular basis and you know in your heart of hearts that what's being preached is the gospel truth and you know tonight that you're a sinner before a holy God and you know that you need to be saved and maybe within your heart you harbor that notion that someday you will get saved maybe tonight you feel the prompting of God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and he's striving with you. And you're under conviction of sin. I ask you tonight, do you believe this book? I know that you believe it. Are you in that category where you're almost, almost persuaded to be a Christian? We don't know what it was that held Agrippa grip aback. Was it the fear of man? Proverbs tells us that the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Don't be taken up tonight with the fear of man, the fear of what others would say, the fear of being mocked and scorned for the cause of Christ. The Savior spoke in John 12 about those who loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. The fear of man leaves you tonight almost, almost persuaded. Maybe it was self-righteousness that kept him back. Maybe Agrippa looked around and he thought, Well, I'm not as bad as some others. I'm not as bad as Festus tonight. My, he was so rude to the Apostle Paul. I'm not as bad as Festus calling the preacher of the gospel mad. But he's almost, almost persuaded. Maybe it was some secret sin. Maybe he wanted to hold on to his sin. Maybe he wasn't ready to part with his sin and to come to Christ. But I know tonight, whatever it was that kept him back, such individuals are not happy. They're not content because they're wavering between two opinions. They don't know whether to go one way or to go the other. But I say to you tonight, to be almost a Christian is not a Christian. And to be almost saved is not saved. And to be almost persuaded is not persuaded. So here we see an example of a man in Festus who was above persuasion, irreligious. Here we see a man who was Almost persuaded. But thirdly, tonight, I want you to think about a man who was altogether persuaded. That's the Apostle Paul himself. Then our Bible reading, you notice what he said in verse 29. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am. Except these bonds. Paul's desire was that his hearers would not be almost persuaded like Agrippa, but would be altogether persuaded like himself. He wanted them to be like himself apart from his bonds or his chains, to be altogether persuaded, or oh, to know the peace of God within your heart. To know the comfort in that it is well with your soul. To know tonight if the Lord was to take that breath from your body, that it would be absent from the body, it would be present with the Lord forevermore. No greater blessing tonight than to know that pardon, that forgiveness, that cleansing in the Saviour's precious blood, and to be all together persuaded for the Lord. The Apostle Paul was one who was convinced of the truth. He was one who was converted through the truth. There, on the Damascus Road, you would know that very time and that moment in his life when he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, when the truth of the gospel dawned upon his soul, and Paul was altogether convinced and converted. And though he's content, he may be one who's in bonds and in chains, but he's content. And his prayerful desire is that those to whom he witnessed and to whom he preached would be all together as he was. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And to be saved and to be living that Christian life and to know that you're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no greater blessing. And the apostle desired that others, those around him, would come to be in that blessed state and would experience God's so great salvation. Thank God tonight in this car park, this drive-in gospel meeting, there are many gathered with us tonight, who were in this category that the Apostle Paul is in, were all together persuaded. And we could look back to that time, and many could name the day and the hour. They could give you the date tonight, and they could say, there was the point when I became a child of God, when I got gloriously saved turned from sin, repented of sin, knew the forgiveness of sin, shut into the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all together saved tonight. We're secure in the Savior. The question that I leave with you is what category? What category do you fit into? Are you above persuasion tonight? May the Lord have mercy upon your soul for if you're above persuasion you're a candidate for hell. But maybe you're almost persuaded tonight. Many times you've sat under the sound of God's word and you've almost come through for the Lord. Our prayer is that you would not be almost any longer but you would take that step And you would be altogether persuaded. And you would settle for all eternity the matter of your soul's salvation. Maybe a boy or girl tonight. Maybe a young person. Maybe even an older person. And through this effort in the gospel, you would come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless his word To our hearts this evening, tonight together in prayer. And just before I close the meeting tonight, can I make again that simple appeal in the gospel. If you're here tonight and the Lord has spoken to your heart, you know you're not right with God. Then don't go away with a troubled heart. Don't go away with a burden of sin. But even tonight, come, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept him as your own and personal saviour. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We can be, of any, help to you when the meeting is over. We'll be here uh, for a time after the meeting. Do feel free to approach us. If we can help you with a spiritual matter, we would be glad to do so. Our Heavenly Father and our gracious God, we do thank thee for thy goodness and thy mercy to us this night. We do thank thee, O God, for favourable weather. We thank thee for this opportunity of coming out under the open canopy of heaven to declare and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, O God, tonight that thou would speak on within the hearts of each one that is heard. And if there be those who are outside of the Saviour, give, O God, that deciding grace. May they no longer halt between two opinions but oh may they be drawn irresistibly onto the lord jesus christ this night do abide with each one of us separate us O god in thy fear and with thy blessing take us to our homes in safety do abide with us there we offer this our prayer in the saviour's most worthy and precious name amen we do thank you all for being here this evening and we trust that you will make it home safely and do be careful as you go out through the gate onto the road thank you